Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? Today, we are talking about the importance of socialization because we are social beings. So think about this, eons ago, eons ago, we developed out of this hunter-gatherer state, meaning we were in these tribes of people. And by being in these tribes of people and working together with these, these people, we developed some one of the like independence or our brains developed in this state of needing to be near people, needing to deeply connect with people, needing to laugh, all these things. And that produces a lot of happy, satisfying, fulfilling chemicals in our brains and in our bodies, and therefore reduces the overwhelm, stress, anything that comes from and around uh, stress management, self-care, all those things. So including socialization as a part of your self-care routine or your preventative routine. So something that you're doing at least hopefully monthly, but but better if it's even weekly where you're connecting with people and not, not your family, not your spouse, uh, although connecting with both of those parties are, are great options as well, but connecting with other people, your think, think about like your tribe, people that have similar interests, passions, and hobbies with you, who you can not only go out and see or invite over or whatever it is, but have true deep connection time. So I want to go into the science behind why this is so important and then how we can include it in our self-care and stress management routine, because it is our social experiences that change the human brain. So stress, anxiety, depression, all those things, socialization is going to really, really impact this. Okay. Wow. Wow. So much to talk about in this area, and I'm trying to think how sciencey do I really want to get with you. So, let's talk a little bit about like social thinking, social action, social skills. I think a lot of times we think that these are innate, inborn skills, but they're really not. We have to teach this uh, starting very early in in preschool and daycare programs, and um, it really when we aren't exposed to this and we don't learn this, we, we learn poor patterns of socialization from our own parents. It takes conscious choices and significant effort to kind of rewrite these patterns in our brain. So even if we are more introverted beings, we still need that socialization. We just need it on a different scale or a different level. An extrovert might need a lot more of it or a lot more people versus an introvert might need uh, smaller doses or less people, but it is important for either party. Okay, so 
It is also your culture around you. So not just like your lineage, heritage, culture like that, but like the, the community of people around you that you have direct influence over and that have influence over you. They help to shape your brain and that in turn creates culture and new culture. And then that culture then acts on the, the brain. So you could say culture, we could interchangeably use community around you. So if you're in or near or spend a lot of time with a negative mindset, negative group of, of people, it's naturally going to bring your energetic state down and make you feel not so great. That all makes sense, right? Okay, so let's also talk cells and chemicals and all these fun things, <laughs> okay? So the actual absence of deep social connection makes people feel pain, which leads to loss in socialization, social skills, emotional skills, mental health skills, cognitive skills. And this then leads to reduced immune health, which means that one, your cells aren't as strong and they can't fight as hard for you. So you're going to develop potentially illness or disease. So that's no fun. So not being around people and not having deep connection will make us not only feel pain, but make us sick. And there are a lot of chemicals that come from these interactions, like lots of happy, positive chemicals. I mean, oxytocin is probably the biggest one. And oxytocin is known as the love chemicals. So you get a dose of oxytocin when someone physically touches you, when you hug someone, your heart rate, your blood pressure, all those things go down when you have physical touch. So even just a hug can, can do that. But oxytocin also suppresses the activity of the amygdala. So the amygdala is the emotional control center. It's the emotional detection system. And that really is triggered without any conscious awareness. So what happens is if you're like an emotionally responsive person or you, you feel those big, strong emotions or any big, strong emotions frequently that you, you don't want to continue to feel, anxiety, depression, all those things, that means your amygdala is activated. The more you activate it, it's like a muscle, the stronger that it gets. So in many ways, our body works well in opposites. So if you have a, a very strong amygdala, oxytocin will reduce the size of the amygdala. So love chemical. Essentially what I'm saying here is that social connection influences your stress levels, your heart rate, your blood pressure, your chemical level, <laughs> your chemical levels, thereby impacting your hormones, your immune systems, your behaviors, and even the expression of your genes, even how your health looks long-term, your longevity of life, all these things. And we're in, we're in a society today where we think we're overly connected because we think technology connects us. The problem is we are more disconnected than we have ever been. Technology does not connect us in the way that we need to be connected because it's deep human connection and physical touch that our bodies need more of. And we're not getting that through a screen. And even though we have access to all these people and we can see all these things online, it doesn't mean that the connection is a deep and meaningful connection. It is a deep, meaningful connection that really gives us the right chemicals. It's that artificial surface level connection with a ton of people that gives us kind of those hits of dopamine that really make us addicted to something like a social media. And that is not filling us up. That is not helping our health. It's causing addiction. So social has its benefits, but it's not 
always the best option for deep human connection, unless you're intentionally using it that way, which most people are not. So let's go back to this one point that I just wrapped with. And the point being that researchers have found an incredible amount of evidence that social influence or your social connection has a, a big influence on your genetic expression. So basically what they have found is that so, social isolation is just as devastating a health risk factor as smoking or high blood pressure. So that social stress early in life can lead to lasting changes in the stress response system, which impacts a lot of things for the rest of your life. So that's pretty wild. We also know that social status modifies level of, of serotonin in the brain. Serotonin is that, oh, happy, I'm calm, chemical, which again, is like the opposite of your anxiety or depression. So we want more of that. And serotonin in the brain means better attention and memory, better growth of neurons and cells and remembering information and thinking more clearly. So huge implications for social on our lives. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about social. I don't know if that's enough to convince you to get social, but get social. <laughs> so the thing here is how do we integrate this into a stress management self-care routine? Well, I would say a couple of things. One, you want to find ways to put yourself in situations where you're deeply connecting with people. So if you have a tribe, make sure that you put in your calendar or your phone or whatever it is to connect with those people, preferably weekly, and if not, at least monthly. And make that time like good quality time where you're talking about deeper things and sharing what's going on and sharing wins and sharing str struggles and, and having this deep connection. If you're struggling to deeply connect with people, there are many resources that you can utilize and use to guide you. There's a, there's a series of questions. If you search 36 questions to fall in love, it is a, <laughs> a document with a bunch of questions where people used the, the questions to basically build up like a relationship and, and, and build the intensity of, of connection and love between two people. You can use them outside of just a romantic relationship. I have used them in my own family at the holiday because the questions are deep and meaningful questions, but they aren't necessarily tied to love. Like one of the questions was given the opportunity to have anyone as a dinner guest, who would you choose and why? So just fun questions to learn things about people. Plus there are journals, there are books, there are quizzes, there are all kinds of things that you can purchase or get on Pinterest or the internet that, that have activities where you can meaningfully and deeply connect. You can also go out for a meal. You can have people in and have a meal, but just make sure that you are getting some human touch, some hugs, and having conversations with people where you're going a little bit deeper and sharing what's going on in your life. So that's the point. So try and schedule that weekly, um, if not monthly. If you're struggling to find friends or you feel like your, your tribe's not, that the community around you isn't the tribe you want around you, you have influence over that. So there are lots of apps, there are websites, there are programs, there are classes, there are all kinds of things that you can join to meet the right people. I mean, I joined like a, a group of women in business who were based all over the United States, but they, they met up in Los Angeles. It meant that I had to fly to Los Angeles to meet them, but they were my tribe. And now I can connect with them virtually or fly to them and see them in person all over the States, or we can gather together. But that, you know, I intentionally found an avenue to find those people. You can use apps like Meetup app, even the... <laughs> dating app known as Bumble has 
uh, a BFF section of it. And for those of you who are familiar with the app or for even those of you who aren't, I have actually used that app and, and I've used the, the best friend side of things. And I've met some incredible people, especially people who are coming in internationally or and are here um, short term and are looking to meet people quickly. Like I have met some amazing friends that are going to be lifelong friends. And I feel very close to, and I feel like are my tribe through that app. So you've got lots of apps and things that you can meet people uh, with as well. Ba basically find your hobbies and find the people that are doing the hobby-ish things that you are doing. Okay, that's enough talk about socialization. Hopefully I've convinced you the importance of this. Let's go toward today's listener question, which is, um, how do we work with kids who are super sensitive and trying to build up their confidence? With kids who are super sensitive, we just need to meet them with grace and compassion, which means going slow. The more we push, the more uncomfortable they're going to feel, the more uncomfortable they feel, the slower the process or the less likely they are to make progress or the more likely to shut down. So go slow is the first thing to note here. The second thing is break things down into micro steps. Sometimes we just, we don't scaffold things back enough and the steps are too big and they feel too overwhelming. So we won't take the first step because it seems like such a massive step. So really break it down into micro steps. And probably my favorite thing, the thing I do most frequently is intentionally practicing mistakes. So for young kids, what this might look like is if I am painting or something, we'll, we'll be co-creating something, maybe like on an easel or we're doing a craft. I will forewarn them the first time that I am going to do something to basically mess up the picture, the craft, the painting, whatever it is. I'm telling them it's coming. Then I do it. So if we're painting something, maybe it's like a dark line through the middle. And then I tell them, okay, we have to fix this mistake. How can we fix it? And basically we turn it into something else where we problem solve to, to figure it out. And then the next scaffold, scaffolded step of it is to make the mistake, but not tell them it's coming. And then we can let them make the practiced intentional mistakes and go from there. So really practicing making a mistake intentionally and then without, <laughs> without intention or without the other person knowing is really what will help to build confidence because it, it's a controlled environment, whereas the real world can't always be so easily controlled. So it's a good way to really control the environment to be able to learn and teach the skill where we know the, the response is coming. Uh, the other thing is really just to validate. With sensitive children, just validate where they're at. I hear you, I see you. When they feel validated, their emotional state goes down. When their emotional state goes down to neutral, then we can openly talk to them, communicate with them, guide them, all those good things. So validation is another big one for that group as well. Okay, to wrap up our show, let's talk about our try to home tip. I am going to encourage you to join some type of socialization avenue. Um, it could be meetup app. You could download that and look at groups. It could be Bumble. It could be even something like Facebook. Facebook has some really good groups on there. And I've joined a lot of groups on Facebook where I've, I've connected to my tribe members and people. So choose an app, choose a program, choose something that you can use to socially connect. And that is it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Remember our try at home tip, which is to join the group or find an app, download it and get moving on your socialization. And if you would like me to answer a question 
of yours on a future show, email me at podcast at thebehaviorhub.com or send a text to 717-693-7744. And don't forget to lock in what you learned by applying it right away. An easy way to do this is to share this information with someone else, send them the episode, talk about the episode, comment below, let me know what your greatest takeaway was. And until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thanks for joining me. Thank you.